0: As all that is here to this great city of Baltimore, ladies and gentlemen, from Baltimore, Maryland, uh, let's go Oh, we are! If there's anybody that's a big star in Baltimore, it's you. And Baltimore, whether you like it or not, you better learn to living, because I'm the best of It is tonight as championship wrestling returns to Baltimore at the Baltimore Civic Center tonight. And I have picked Baltimore out to be the place where this war is going to come to an end because they got a lot of nice, fine hospitals there. You know it, I know it, and Baltimore is. It's the night of champions in Baltimore, Maryland in the Civic Center. Wrestling fans, and welcome to this episode of the Rassel Rama podcast. Before we get into the episode, I want to remind you to check us out online, facebook.com/backslash Rassel Rama. And you can check out all of our previous podcasts by going to anchor.fm/backslash Rassel Rama. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about, uh, we're doing this on the anniversary of. An accident that really changed the course of history in pro wrestling. Uh, We're talking about Magnum T.A.'s car accident. Um, That happened October 14th, 1986, if you can believe that. Uh, But what we're going to talk about in today's episode is Magnum's uh, career trajectory as it happened in Baltimore. So we're going to focus on his matches that happened at the Baltimore Civic Center. Uh, we're going to sprinkle in little angles and uh, matches that, that happened that uh, kind of got it and geared Magnum to, to becoming what he was. And really, he was one of the hottest wrestlers of the time um, back in 85, 86 when he hit the scene. From the time he debuted... Uh, With NWA and made his Baltimore debut uh, to the time of his accident, it was really only a year and a half. It's hard to believe uh, that the guy made such a huge impact uh, while only being on national TV for a year and a half. Uh, But again, today we're going to focus on his matches at the Baltimore Civic Center. We're going to give you the dates, the opponents, the results. Uh, We'll mention if it was a main event. We'll mention uh, if it was a sellout, if we have that information. And again, different angles and whatnot that happened along the timeline. Magnum's first match in Baltimore uh, was at the Baltimore Civic Center on February 16th, 1985. He defeated Doug Vines in a minute, 36 seconds in the opening match. Pretty sure it was the belly to belly uh, to end it all. Magnum, for those of you not familiar... Uh, If you remember how Goldberg was first built up, quick matches, one minute, two minute, ending with the spear. That was Magnum uh, 20 years prior, or or excuse me, 10 years prior. Goldberg was what, 97? Yeah, so maybe 12 years prior. Uh, Magnum would come in, the heel might try to get something on him real quick, but the match would end in a minute or two with the belly-to-belly suplex. That was on TV each and every week, just like Goldberg squashing people with the spear. Magnum also had an appeal where the women loved him. Uh, he looked like Tom Selleck, at, uh, who was huge at the time. Magnum PI, that's where we they got the name Magnum TA. Uh, but dudes loved him too because he was a badass and wasn't afraid to fight and bleed. Um, so he he really appealed to men and women. Uh, Baltimore. The next show we got was March 14th of '85. This was announced as a sellout, but no Magnum. Uh, the next NWA show we got was August 17th of 1985, and what you know it, Magnum's in the main event. He actually defeated NWA World Champion Ric Flair by disqualification in 35 minutes. So Magnum debuted in Baltimore in February. By August, he's main event against Ric Flair and defeats him by disqualification, and the match goes 35 minutes. That was another cool thing about Magnum. Compared him to Goldberg with the with the build from the beginning, with the squash matches, winning in a minute or so. Magnum could also wrestle. He he could fight. Uh, he could go long matches with Ric Flair. He could get in the 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 cage and the barbed wire with guys like Tully Blanchard. Uh, so, again, he wasn't just gimmick. The guy could work in the ring. Uh, NWA returned to Baltimore on September 19th, 1985, where we saw NWA world champion Ric Flair pin Magnum TA in 36 minutes. So in August, they went 35 minutes. September, they go 36 minutes. That's crazy. October 24th, 1985, NWA returned to the Baltimore Civic Center. Magnum was again in the main event. The NWA six-man tag champions, Crusher Khrushchev, uh, Ivan, and Nikita Koloff defeated Magnum T.A., Ricky Morton, and Robert Gibson. Uh, This match went about 15 minutes. Ivan pinned Gibson after Khrushchev hit him with the steel chain. So that was in October. November 28th of 1985 was the infamous I Quit Cage match at Cave with Holly Blanchard. So while Baltimore is getting Magnum and Flair, August, September, and then Magnum and the Russians in October, they're also building Magnum and Tully for Starcade. So he's got you know two programs going at the same time, which were both huge. Uh, So October in Baltimore, November was Starcade. The next NWA show Baltimore got was December thirtieth of nineteen eighty five no magnum they returned February 20th 1986 for a sellout uh, this was announced uh, they were they called this Battle star 86 just to give it a I guess a catchy name NWA US champion Magnum TA pinned Baron von Rashke in 12 minutes so Magnum defeated Tali in November at Starcade for the US title and here he is defending that title. NWA returned March 31st, 1986, as NWA US Champion Magnum T.A. fought uh, the National Heavyweight Champion Tully Blanchard to a draw. So they fought in November at Starcade, infamous legendary cage match, I Quit match, and they're doing it in Baltimore for the first time in March. We talked about this in the the Superfly episode we did a, a few weeks back where they would do a huge angle or a huge match, and then they would still be doing the match at the house shows months after the fact. So November, Starcade, March, Baltimore, Magnum and Tully. They returned May 17th, 1986. NWA US champion Magnum TA fought NWA national champion Tully Blanchard to a double countout and a best two out of three falls match. So March, Magnum and Tully went to a draw. May, they went to a double countout, and a best two out of three falls match. And in June 14th, 1986, Magnum and Tully main evented at the Baltimore Civic Center, where Magnum pinned Tully in a non-title barbed wire match. That was the main event. So like I spoke about earlier, Magnum appealed to everybody. Good-looking dude, so the ladies loved him, but the guy wasn't afraid to fight and bleed, and that's why the the dudes loved him. Barbed wire match, main event, June of 86, Magnum pins Tully. Uh, Then July 19th, 86, they come back to Baltimore. Magnum defeats Nikita Koloff in a Texas death match. Uh, Both men score two falls apiece during the bout. So he goes from the, the huge feud with Tully right into the huge feud with Nikita. Uh, they did the angle on TV where they're about to do a contract signing for the U.S. title. And this is when, you know, Nikita was was becoming huge. Um, there was an angle with NWA President Bob Geigel that wound up seeing Magnum get stripped of the title, the U.S. title. So throughout the summer... They did a best-of-seven series uh, between Magnum and Nikita for the U.S. title. Uh, after losing the first three matches in a row to Nikita, Magnum started to come back. He won the next three matches to keep the series going. And in the tie-breaking match, which took place on August 17, 1986, in Charlotte, Nikita defeated Magnum to win the title with help from Ivan Koloff and Krusha Khrushchev. Um, so we got to see... Uh, Magnum and Ta in a Texas Deathmatch, July of '86, and then all that summer they had their Best of Seven series for the U.S. title. And believe it or not, that July 19th, 1986 match would have been the last time that we saw Magnum Ta wrestle. He debuted uh, for Balt- or, or in Baltimore, not debuted in NWA, but debuted made his Baltimore debut February of '85. His last Baltimore match was July of '86. And if you're a fan back then, Magnum had a huge impact, uh, especially for a Northeast guy like me. Jimmy Snooker was gone from WWF around the time Magnum was coming up. So I needed a new favorite wrestler, and hey, here comes Magnum. Um, but he only, he only lasted for a year and a half, which was sad. July 19th, 90, 1986 was the last time we saw Magnum. Um, because September of 86, September 6th of 1986, NWA came to Baltimore, no Magnum. October 9th of 1986, they returned to the Baltimore Civic Center, no Magnum. And then Magnum's unfortunate car accident took place on October 14th, 1986, where he wrecked his Porsche. Uh, not only was he never able to wrestle again, they didn't even think he would be able to walk again. Um, But as as things worked out, he actually did walk out for a wrestling show, not to wrestle, uh, just to make an appearance to the crowd. And it actually took place on April 11th, 1987, where he walked out prior to the finals of the Crockett Cup, which took place at the Baltimore Civic Center, uh, where he supported Dusty Rhodes and Nikita Koloff defeated Tully Blanchard and Lex Luger in the finals of the Crockett Cup. And I remember that night, I saw grown men cry when Magnum took those steps out, uh, walked out to the crowd uh, at the Baltimore Civic Center. I was uh, a teenager at the time. I've been to World Series games. Um, I've been to NFL football games. But I had never seen grown men cry until then when I saw people cry when Magnum walked out. It was a super, super emotional time, especially for those of us who saw Magnum come up. Um, but that was it. So from February of 85 to July of 86, Magnum uh, about a year and a half, really a year and three months for Baltimore, but a year and a half overall. Um, sad to see that the accident, um, you know, he, he definitely would have been, I believe, I mean, it's not confirmed. I believe he would have been NWA world champion. Um, but his accident really changed the trajectory of wrestling. Um, like I said, I believe he would have been NWA world champion, possibly the following year when, when Ron Garvin, uh, beat flair for the title out of nowhere. That possibly could have been a spot for Magnum. Um, But if you think about it, with Magnum gone, NWA and Dusty really needed a a new, young baby face. And just after this accident is when uh, NWA bought out Bill Watts and UWF, and one of the young talents they got was Sting. And in, what, March of 1988... Sting had that 45-minute draw with Ric Flair on TBS at the first Clash of the Champions, and a star was born. Um, so who knows what may have happened with Sting if if Magnum was still around. Would, would Dusty have needed to make a young babyface out of Sting so quickly if Magnum was around? Who knows, but it, it definitely changed uh, the history of, of pro wrestling, at least on the the NWA side would Magnum have gone to WWF would he have taken a a a big payday to go to WWF would we have seen uh, Magnum and Hogan whether facing off or Magnum and Hogan teaming up Um, who knows it's fun to think about it's sad what happened to Magnum he definitely had an impact on wrestling and had an impact on me as a young fan Um, let me know if you are a Magnum fan when you were growing up. Uh, if you remember seeing any Magnum matches. Or if you're a newer fan and, and looked them up on YouTube, let me know what you think of them. I'd, I'd highly recommend checking out his angles and matches with Tully um, and his stuff with Nikita. Back then, th- those matches were, were super hot. Um, it was a great time to be a fan, and and Magnum was part of a lot of, a lot of great matches and angles back then. So definitely check them out on youtube if you've never seen them uh give us your thoughts as always wrestlerama at gmail.com or you can leave them on our facebook page facebook.com backslash wrestlerama and as always guys until next time take care and see ya